Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Hello everyone and welcome to the first installment of a brand new segment of the podcast, which is going to be essentially a book club, but nothing formal by any means. Nothing I do on here is really formal, but I just wanted an opportunity to create a little bit more space in this podcast to talk about books, something that I really love talking about. Obviously, it was something that I included in a lot of my episodes. And I mentioned a few episodes ago that I had been thinking about different ways to incorporate talking about books because sometimes it felt like it kind of took away from the topic that I would be discussing in the episode. And it just didn't always feel very relevant. And I really enjoyed that part of the episodes and I got good feedback on it. And I figured, you know what? Why not create a little brand new segment? Now, this isn't necessarily going to be super regular because it hinges on me actually reading and completing a book. But what I'm going to be doing moving forward is I'm going to be sharing on probably TikTok and Instagram, the book that I'll be reading next. So if you have any thoughts on that book, you can send in DMs is probably the best way to do it. And send in your thoughts and I'll be sure to incorporate them into the episode. But basically what we're here to do is just have a friendly chat and create a little space for, again, something that I love so much, reading and books. These episodes will be outside of my usual posting schedule, so I'll still be posting regular episodes every Friday like I always have, but these will probably be posted on a different day, and they're just kind of bonus episodes, something that's kind of fun for me and something that I'm really excited to get into. Now, I will also say, because I do know that a lot of you, myself included, also enjoy different ways to consume media and specifically I know a lot of you are on Substack and I actually decided because there was a lot of things that I wanted to have something written to accompany episodes not just this one 
But all that to say that I also have a Substack now. I'm going to do my best. I find writing out a book review on Substack to be a little bit more taxing than like talking through it. I feel like talking is probably my most natural medium. But I'm going to do my best to post them both on Substack as well as to discuss here on the podcast. So I'll leave a link for that, of course, in the show notes. So I set a goal for myself for this year to read 30 books. I believe I read somewhere around that last year, but a lot of the books admittedly were very, very short in length, which is fine. But I really want to challenge myself a little bit more this year to read lengthier books and not just like necessarily try to read a bunch of short books just to meet that goal. So even though the number isn't really changing from what I read last year, I feel like my approach is going to be slightly different. And because I'm now opening myself up to reading longer books again, I feel like there were a lot of fantasy books on my list that I just wasn't getting around to because I just didn't really have a good chunk of time to set aside to those longer reads. But one of them that was on my list for a while was Fourth Wing. And I should also mention that before we go any further, this is going to include spoilers. So I assume that anyone who's listening to this review has already read the book. And if you haven't and you just want kind of an overview, then I will do my best to keep my reels and TikToks relatively spoiler-free. So you can check that out if you want something kind of just as an overview of the book to see if you'd be interested in it. Okay, so we're talking about Fourth Wing here. And before we get into the review and I share some of my thoughts... There are two things that I realized as I was kind of gathering my notes for this review. The first one is, I don't know how to put this into words, but it's a snobbery, I guess. Snobbery, I don't even know if that's a word, but like a snobbish vibe and a condescending vibe in the world of reading that I really, really dislike. And I found it coming up a lot when I was reading sort of different discourse online about Fourth Wing. My feeling about, you know, reading specifically, and I think especially fantasy, is that it can be a mechanism of transporting us to a different reality and getting fully immersed into a new world and that is very childlike and magical for me and what I really don't like to see if I'm being honest is this like you're lesser than because you enjoy consuming this kind of like poorly written cheesy young adulty type fantasy romance book and I'm better than you because I consume more you know whatever I don't even know how to put it into words but I just want to create a space here where that is not part of the dynamic because it's really turned me off a lot from not just like reading at times but also 
talking about books because they feel self-conscious that like, oh, maybe this book is a bit juvenile or maybe it's like not that well written. And, you know, I think I've actually mentioned before, sometimes I feel very afraid of sharing my opinions or even just thoughts about books online because I'm so scared of being wrong and I'm so scared of someone like smarter or more superior to me in the reading realm being like, yeah, I don't know if you know, but that book's actually really stupid. So we're going to try to eliminate that vibe altogether from this segment because I don't like it. And I saw it coming up so much when I was reading, you know, reviews for this book and people sharing their thoughts online. It was like so divisive. And I think that happens with a lot of things that are popular, but I just feel like for whatever reason, when it comes to books and reading, this is like a very prominent dynamic that I see playing out. I celebrate people reading. I think for me personally, reading has been such a source of, like I said, just immersing me into new worlds and imagination and joy and... I wouldn't want to take that away from somebody else by being really judgmental of what they were choosing to read. And, you know, the message here is just let people like what they're going to like. I think that's kind of cool to just be like, hey, that's not for me. Maybe I don't even need to tell you that. But, you know, I celebrate the fact that you get joy out of that. Like, that's cool. Anyways, moving on. The next thing that I noticed is that I don't really get as deep with things or become as immersed as I find other people do. So when I was reading the reviews, I noticed people had all sorts of theories and they were predicting things for the next book in the series and beyond and That really isn't something that comes natural to me, but at the same time, like, I don't necessarily need that level of detail. So I would say that if you're kind of in that camp of you enjoy reading, you like hearing about books and like hearing about reviews and people's thoughts like I do, then this will probably be for you. But if you're looking for, like, deeper analysis and, you know someone who's maybe read the book multiple times and has thought things through and has developed theories, that probably isn't me. But if you are looking for that, I actually listened to a great podcast. I believe it's called Fantasy Fangirls Podcast, and they did such a thorough analysis of, well, actually, I read the fourth wing, or excuse me, the iron flame analysis that they did, but I'm sure they also have one for fourth wing. So there are a lot of options out there for people who go a lot deeper, but I think here in this space, it's just going to be about kind of sharing books, sharing my thoughts at a high level. And of course, I'll be sharing my likes and dislikes and my rating, but I just kind of wanted to set expectations for this new segment of the podcast. All right, so if you're listening to this episode, you most likely already know what the book's about, but just to recap in sort of a one-sentence summary, we are following the story of Violet Sorengale as she enters her first year at Basgeith. I'm going to probably butcher a lot of the pronunciations here. We're going to go with Basgeith. War College, and she's, you know, 
navigating a series of brutal tasks and trials and mental and physical challenge to become one of the college's elite dragon riders. Okay, so obviously this is a fantasy book or series, and actually it falls into a new category, I believe, on Goodreads, which is called romanticy. So fantasy was sort of a romantic element, which I feel is a lot of fantasy, but not always. Anyways, the thing with fantasy for me, as much as I love it, is sometimes I don't feel like I have the mental energy required to kind of figure out the universe and all of the characters and all of the different roles. And quite often it's, you know, due to the fact that it's fantasy, it's like very different from our reality. So it takes some time to get up to speed. One good example of this, I remember when I was in high school, I read the first couple books of Game of Thrones. And listen, like I'm not coming for Game of Thrones, but the first book was borderline impossible for me to figure out until about 300 pages in. I just remember being completely lost. And sometimes that feeling of being lost just makes me completely check out of the reading experience altogether. And, you know, I don't even want to continue because it's so hard to figure out what's going on. And I just get distracted very easily. This actually brings me to my first like about Fourth Wing. So one of the things that I really enjoyed was the world building and actually how easy it was to follow, despite it being a universe that I don't really have any, you know, experience with, meaning I haven't really read anything or much at all about dragons. So initially I was a bit intimidated and I think that led to me just putting off reading this altogether. And for me, this is on the longer side of what I would typically read. But to be honest, it was just so easy to follow. And, you know, I know I felt that way. And when I asked on Instagram what you guys thought, a lot of people said the same thing, which is just basically the storytelling was really good. The world building was really good. And it was just easy to follow, which kept you kind of more engaged in the story. And as I was kind of pulling together my thoughts for this episode, I saw this article that put it perfectly, which said that Yeros's world building is intricate without being overbearing. And that way of articulating it is exactly how I feel. I feel like everything in this book was, you know, thoughtfully introduced and explained in a way that helped to grasp the fourth wing universe without being overwhelmed. And one way that I thought was really clever that she kind of introduced different elements of the story was through Violet reciting different history lessons during challenges as a way of calming herself down. For example, when she was crossing the parapet, I believe I'm getting this part of what she was reciting right, that she started talking about sort of the history of conflict between Navarre and Poramiel. So, you know, initially I was kind of like, what's going on? Why are they going to this war college? What is this war all about? And very early in the book that is outlined in a pretty quick way that just helps you to get the information you need. And then that for me was like essential context to understand, again, the conflict and then also why this war college exists in the first place. One thing I will say on the topic of like world building and storytelling was 
a lot of the things, the elements of the story, I found really hard to visualize. This isn't necessarily uncommon for me. I find that a lot, especially with fantasy, that, you know, something will be described like a building or, you know, a scenario, and I really can't picture it. And it frustrates me because I can't really understand what's going on in the scene. So very early on, like I did not understand what the parapet was and I tried to look it up and I just couldn't visualize like, why are all these people falling off of this thing? Like, is it a bridge? Is it like a ledge? And I also couldn't really visualize the layout of the college at all. And like, do they have to cross the parapet every single time they go to another segment of the college or like how does that work and I think just because a lot of the language is not language that we use every day like turrets I think it's called like the columns in the castle it was just like hard for me to picture what was going on and eventually it's just one of those things where I just had to google a lot oh and another thing I really had a hard time picturing like I could not for the life of me figure out what was going on was the gauntlet so the like series of kind of like an obstacle course that they have to get to the top of in order to qualify for threshing I did not know what she was trying to do with that part now in addition to googling I found that fan art was like my best friend for this and actually in the Substack, I shared a fan art of the gauntlet which who knows if that's exactly what she intended but it at least gave me some sort of visual to okay this kind of makes sense what they would have actually been doing and that helped me to just focus on the story a little bit more so yeah it's not very often that I look at fan art necessarily for a book but this actually got me into the habit of doing it and because I feel like this has such a big fandom there is a lot of good fan art that helped me to visualize you know those aspects of the story so again the parapet there's some fan art for that and the gauntlet I found that to be particularly helpful. I will say though that the fact that I couldn't really visualize certain aspects of the story actually made me very excited for the series and I believe like I'm 99% sure there's going to be a series or at least it's been picked up so that has just made me so much more excited because I will be able to actually like see what was meant by a lot of these things beyond you know, hypothetical fan art. So I'm actually really excited for that as well. Okay, the next thing that I liked, and I know I kind of just went into a tangent about something that I found challenging while I was reading, but it wasn't like significant enough to take away from the reading experience and something that I actually disliked about the book. It's just something that I struggle with from time to time. And The next thing that I actually really loved was just how addictive and engaging the story was, basically from the beginning through to the end. I, again, find with fantasy novels, especially long ones, that there are usually like long stretches of time where I'm completely distracted or I'm not really engaged or I'm kind of skimming. And I actually did not find this to be true with Fourth Wing. I feel like I was engaged the whole way through. I was interested and... You know, one criticism that came up online a lot, probably the most frequent criticism that I saw, 
was that the book was, you know, very predictable and formulaic. My first feeling with that is like, sure, certain aspects of the story for me felt a little bit predictable, but not like massively. And someone on Goodreads actually said, the book is predictable to a fault well beyond the idea of a book just adhering to genre conventions. From the very beginning, you can pretty much lay out how the entire story is going to play out and guess all of the important beats it's going to hit and when they're going to happen. Now, the reviewer goes on to say that if you've ever read a dragon book, then you'll be able to predict exactly what's going to happen. As I mentioned, I didn't. So maybe that's why I honestly didn't find it to be that predictable. But this could also come back to what I said at the beginning, which is like, yeah, there are certain aspects of books that I'm like, oh, this is probably going to happen. This seems to be foreshadowing this, whatever it may be. But I don't like notice these things that much. I feel like I, I really don't find also that predictability takes away from my overall enjoyment of a book. If it's good and I'm liking it and I'm enjoying the story, like I really don't care if it's predictable. I think there's a balance though. I think it's like something can be predictable, but I'm still engaged because there are enough elements that are not predictable and that I'm finding to be new and exciting, which is what I found with this book. But I mean, I guess there could be a scenario where the entire story is so predictable that it's just completely boring. I, however, did not find myself in that space whatsoever. And yeah, I actually found this story to be overall very addictive and engaging. And like I said, predictability and something being formulaic isn't enough of a deterrent for me if I'm enjoying it. Okay, next we have what I didn't like about the book. And you would think that because this was such a big aspect of the story that I would give it a lower rating, but still I didn't find that it took away enough for me to give this book a really low rating. But as much as I loved the universe and the college and the story and the dragons, I despised the romance between Zayden and Violet. Despised may be a strong word, but that really is sort of how I felt. I like found myself wanting to skip through a lot of the interactions between the two of them or like the parts where she'd be thinking about him you know he walks into a room and her thoughts were just like hard for me to read and listen like I can handle cringe but this was a lot um I tried to find some examples of this online and this kind of summarizes the type of dialogue that I just was like not into so it says the scar that marks his eyebrow (laughs) can't I can't okay here we go The scar that marks his eyebrow only makes him hotter. Flaming hot, scorching hot. Gets you in trouble and you like it level hot. (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. And it was just bothering me. Like, I was like, guys, this is not what I want to be reading. But, you know, listen, everyone has their own taste and I'm not criticizing you if you did like it for me it was honestly it was more that it was like funny it was comical to me and 
The other thing that I felt besides the cringe factor, because the cringe is kind of, you know, innocent, like whatever, it just, it's fine. But I think, and I mentioned this in my TikTok and Instagram kind of reviews, I'm not gravitating towards this romantic dynamic anymore. And I can read it, I can skim through it, but it's just not something that I love to see represented in media that I consume. I think because for me, the type of dynamic, and this is kind of making it deeper than it needs to be, but this whole like zero to a hundred enemies to lovers, lust, all consuming desire, and like kind of borderline toxic dynamics, that being represented in so much of what I consumed growing up really created this idea in my mind that that's what love looks like. And I really didn't have an understanding of like what an actual like normal day-to-day relationship was supposed to be. So for example, you know, living with a partner for the first time, and this is like a personal thing, but living with a partner for the first time and feeling yourself falling into that rhythm of just normalcy and having these questions of like, where's the fire? Where's the lust? Where's that burn? I think, and then allowing that thought process to imply that there's something wrong with the relationship. I think those ideas come from media that we consume and examples of relationships. And it's just kind of turned me off of seeing that so frequently represented in books and movies that, again, it's really not that deep, to be honest, but it's just not my not my preference. And the other kind of aspect when it comes to romance in this book is the whole, like, Dane and Violet connection that we saw. I feel like there was a lot of buildup between Dane and Violet and there was kind of a hint of like is this going to be a love triangle and then I felt like that just stopped after they kissed and I get it like I get the whole experience of like confusing friendship for intimate feelings or like attraction but I just didn't feel like that was actually like explored properly because she was kind of like yearning for him prior to that and then for it to just abruptly end and they never really even spoke about it and for all we know Dane's feelings are the same like they haven't changed after the kiss but he is just like comfortable with not connecting with her in any way I just found it kind of weird and abrupt and who knows maybe this is hinting at like some future opportunity for the two of them to get together I don't think that's likely but I don't know for sure but I just kind of thought that it was weird how quickly the story moved on and then it became like all about Zayden. As for the ending of the book I personally liked it. I did not predict that whatsoever. I thought it was like an interesting twist. Maybe I'm not very observant but I definitely did not see that ending coming and what it reminded me of was kind of in Harry Potter, The Goblet of Fire, when he goes through, I think it's like the final challenge at the maze and he sees Voldemort and it's this huge thing. And then he comes back and like no one believes him and 
whatever he's just had this traumatizing experience it kind of reminded me of that a bit with there being this war games challenge and something going very wrong and then you know we kind of end on a cliffhanger there which I didn't really even mention that but the fact that her brother is still alive didn't expect that at all I was very very surprised by that and yeah I think all things considered I think any book that engages me in the way that this story did deserves some credit. So my rating for Fourth Wing was 4 out of 5. And that actually seemed to be where many of you fell as well. So I did a poll on Instagram for those of you who read Fourth Wing to see, you know, what did you rate it? And we had 3% 1 to 2 stars, 12% three stars, and then 45% four stars, and 40% five stars. And I also asked for this episode for people to send in, you know, your actual thoughts on the book, and I want to read some of those as well, echoing a lot of what I said, and then, you know, some of the criticism I saw online was reflected in these answers. So a lot came through that said things like, This one, which is basic plot, but a fun read. Another one that's kind of similar said, fun, quick, exciting, world building was straightforward, but interesting, no plot holes. Someone said, it was very fast and fun, and I wasn't looking for a critically acclaimed novel anyways. It was a page turner. And then on the other hand, someone said, there was hardly a plot, and the sex scenes are lukewarm and repetitive. I actually didn't talk about the sex scenes. I talked about the romance, but interestingly, I actually didn't mind the sex scenes. I thought they were pretty good. I don't honestly read a lot that has like super spicy sex scenes in them. So maybe they are lukewarm, excuse me, relative to other kind of romance novels, but I thought they were pretty good. And I didn't feel like there were too many that... Like, it was just, like, every other time they interacted. I felt like it was the right amount, personally, but, you know, teach their own. Another person said it was giving Harry Potter slash Hunger Game vibes with spice. And a lot of that type of response, actually. And one that also came up was that it got quite a few of you back into fantasy again and I would say the same for me this like got me excited to read fantasy again and I would say I feel very similar to a lot of you which is that it was entertaining it was quick it was easy to follow and a nice way to get back into fantasy so naturally the next book on our list for me at least is going to be Iron Flame so stay tuned for our review of that I'll also be putting out a poll as well as you know asking for your thoughts or you can just dm me if you're listening to this episode and you want to share directly because it's really fun to also hear your thoughts and It's interesting that we feel very similar or we felt very similar on this book. So I'm excited to see what we feel about Iron Flame. So that brings me to the end of my very first book club. Thank you for being here and for being a part. If you have any specific books that you think would be a good fit, I'm always looking for, you know, 
advice on what to read and ideas, so feel free to send those my way. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day.